Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash Patchwork Heart Ministry today. Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry present Journeys in Faith. Now, here's Andy Santis. Hello, welcome to Journeys in Faith with Andy Santis. It's great to be here with you this evening. And I have a fabulous guest that I'm so excited to introduce you to. Her name is Kathy Barnett, and she is a candidate for Congress in my own area here in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. She has so much to share with us. She is also a veteran, a wife, a mom, an author, and has so much to share. Kathy, welcome to Journeys in Faith. Hello, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we're, we're so excited to have you for this hour show because we have a lot to, to talk about, about your own journey. And I'm so blessed because, you know, I live in your congressional district and uh, I'm just, I'm glad that I, I can have you on this show because you're kind of a neighbor, right? You know, not too far. Yes, from... you're on my, you're on my district. That's right. I'm in your <laughs> district. And I would just invite people, if you'd like to learn more about Kathy Barnett, that you would go to kathybarnett.com. And also you have another website that is uh, kathybarnettforcongress.com. So uh, check her out um, on social media too, right? I know that you're on all the different uh, platforms there and learn more about her. But you know, this show is Journeys in Faith. And that's what we're, we're here for, to talk about your uh, journey that you've had. You have a wonderful family that you can tell us about. And also, uh, I know we discussed the idea of discussing religious freedom, because you know, this show is all about faith, too. And I know that you stand for that. So please tell us about your own journey. Yeah. You know, I, I just finished writing a book that was published, uh, released on February 4th of this year, and it went number one on Amazon two months in a row. So we're very excited about that. But I remember someone asking me, how long did it take you to write that book? And I thought for a moment and said, you know what, it took a lifetime because it is truly my journey of, um, you know, from my genesis, how I was conceived. Um, and growing up uh, uh, in the black community. Um, and I often say to people, I was born into the Democrat party, just like I was born into brown skin. There was never a point of separation or discussion, um, deliberation about it. It's just what you do. You're black, you vote Democrat. And that's exactly what I did until I no longer did that. Um, and then it just kind of, you know, walks through me, um, you know, just analyzing the various narratives that are all around us uh, that try to tell me, um, a young black girl at that time, who I am and how I should think and how I should believe and how I should vote. Um, and if I do, and if I stray even a little, then somehow I'm not as black as the next person. So it's just kind of interesting of just kind of going through that in the book. Uh, and it's just my life journey of, and, and how I came to where I am today. 
Um, but I often tell people that I am a little black girl who grew up on a pig farm in Southern Alabama. I grew up in a home with uh, no running water, no insulation, an outhouse in the back and a well on the side. And no, I was not born in the 40s or uh, during slavery days. I mean, this was in my lifetime. Um, you know, my family and I have, or a segment of my family have been doing a deep dive trying to reconnect some of our lineage. And they came across a photo of my great, great, great grandmother, Rhoda. And I have heard about Grandma Rhoda from others before, but I had never seen a picture until this week. And Grandma Rhoda was born in 1846. She was, uh, she was a slave. And Grandma Rhoda lived uh, lived in the house that I grew up in, and I just been thinking about that, um, you know, over the course of you know earlier this week, and just thinking about you know uh, the shoulders that I stand on, and that I have, you know, the wonderful opportunity to uh, to now uh, to now live the life that I'm living because of so many others who came before me. Thank you for bringing that to our attention. It's always good to reflect back on your history and we all need to think that way. I think, how did we get to where we are? So I, I thank you for sharing that. How about your own family? I know you've talked about your kids and I'd love to hear a little bit and I'm sure our viewers would too about your family. Yeah, you know, I have uh, two kids uh, and I've homeschooled them for the past six years. So I have uh, one who just finished eighth grade and the other, my daughter, uh, who just finished fifth grade. Um, and I've had the wonderful opportunity to homeschool them for the past six years. Uh, married to the love of my life. <laughs> oh. And, um, you know, and we've just been able to, you know, it's just so amazing uh, when you take into consideration your life's journey and to see where you are, where you find yourself. And we've been able to build a life with one another. So it's just very exciting. Yeah, we appreciate hearing that because as I said, this show is all about faith. And, and I know that those who are watching and listening love to hear how people like yourself who are a public servant and care so much about families and people uh, are here on this show to share with us. So we're very grateful to you. And I once again invite them to check out that website because she's got a lot on there on kathybarnett.com. And the other one uh, is kathybarnettforcongress.com. As I said, I live in uh, Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, which is where Kathy is also from. And we have some common friends. So, uh, so grateful uh, to you, Kathy, to being on uh, Journeys in Faith on yes. Fiat Ministry Network. So looking at your website, I know that one of the things that you bring up is uh, a couple different issues. One of them is America first. Um, and you do have that, you know, our American flag behind you. Mm -hmm. I wondered if you could share on that a little bit. I love this country. Uh, you know, my story only takes place here in America. Um, you know, I told you at the beginning of where I grew up. Um, I grew up below the bottom rung of the economic ladder. Um, I mean, I had to look up in order to see the bottom rung of the economic ladder. And yet, uh, you know, no one told me I was a victim. Uh, I was greatly loved uh, in my family. And, um, and because I did not know that the odds were against me and I might as well not try, I went on to become the first in my family to go to college and finish. I spent 10 years in the U.S. military. I uh, worked in the financial uh, industry with two major uh, 
uh, Wall Street company, financial companies, uh, corporate America, adjunct professor of uh, corporate finance. I, I speak to millions of people being a regular guest on Fox News up in New York, wrote my first book, and now I'm running for Congress. Uh, my story only takes place here in America from a pig farm to running for Congress. <laughs> um, and, um, and I believe that I am a perfect representation of all that is good about America. Um, you know, there is, you know, just just so much hope uh, in this nation. Uh, so so many opportunities if we can get people, primarily our legislators out of our way or our politicians mm -hmm. out of our way and allow us to be able to, you know, to just move forward and live life. So I love this country. Um, I'm very grateful for this country. And I believe that we need to secure it. Uh, I believe America is the greatest country that has ever existed because it was founded upon the greatest political document ever written, the US Constitution. And the US Constitution is simply about law and order. And right now, as we look all around us, law and order is being upended and flipped on his head right now. And I love you know, one of John Adams quotes where he said, our constitution is only made for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate for any other kind of people. And when he said moral, that simply means people who know the difference between right and wrong. And we're now living in a country where you can just basically make up what is right and what is wrong as you go. You can just make it up. It's just fluid, right? Um, and that is the reason why we're seeing so much chaos, uh, so much mayhem and uh, terrorism, quite frankly. And um, and it's, you know, in the face of such feckless and, and incompetent leadership um, as well. I'm glad that you brought up that topic. Obviously, it was on the list this evening to talk about you know, the current events, and uh, I wondered if you could expand a little bit because you brought up law and order. And you know, we on, on this network, it's Fiat Ministry Network, and our tagline is saying yes to Jesus Christ. And we recognize that re religious freedom and following the laws of the land is very important uh, for a just society. So I wondered if you could just expand on that because we do see craziness happening and worry about you know just the. Uh, the following of those laws and how important that is. Yeah, you know, and we should be worried. America is in trouble. Uh, you know, we have, it's, it's very unnerving to see we have some in leadership who are not saying anything at all. And um, I mean, on both sides of the political aisle. So one side is, I mean, one side is being very aggressive about agitating, you know, the mayhem um, and the foolishness that we see all, all around us. But then we have the Republicans uh, with the exception of our president and a handful of, and a hand few of others, uh, they're they're capitulating to the foolishness. They're being very silent in the um, in the face of such uh, mayhem and um, horror, literally, that's going on all around us. Um, you know, and I mean, and it's very unfortunate. I used to ask my students all the time when I taught uh, corporate finance, uh, what what do you think makes America so unique? And of course, people, you know, talk about, you know, who they are and, and all, you know, and, and they give a, a, a number of reasons. But uh, America uh, only exists uh, because of the U.S. Constitution 
And again, the U.S. Constitution, yeah. simply law and order. And when we throw that out the window and we basically can just make it up as we go, America no longer exists. And I believe that that is one of the goals uh, or perhaps the main goal of, um, of a certain segment uh, uh, within our population right now. Because if you look at the things that they want to do in our nation, uh, they're not allowed to do those things. You know, when you look at the Green New Deal, when you look at these open borders, when you look at, you know, a variety of very aggressive, um, uh, liberal, progressive liberal uh, 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 laws and proposals, um, they, they're not able to, to take root given the American um, experience as we're all living it out. Uh, you, America must die, literally. <laughs> um, and I don't believe that I'm practicing hyperbole, uh, that America, as we know her, must die in order for these more globalist, um, uh, uh, I don't know, I, I, I don't know what they even call them, bills, laws, proposals, the way that they envision America to actually take root in this nation. Thank you for sharing on that. And wow, have you given us so much to pray about? And uh, just going back to the fact that we on in this audience here, we are people of faith and very concerned. So it's a blessing for us to have you here on this network. And I will also say that you are on a podcast right now too, because on Patchwork Heart Ministry, you are being uh, also uh, aired on uh, a Podbean and TuneIn as well as on YouTube. So saying hello to our friends there on this podcast with Kathy Barnett, who is a, a congressional candidate in the fourth district in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. And as I said, you can learn about her at kathybarnett.com. Uh, There's two T's there, right, Kathy? Yes, it is. Uh, for those that are listening on the podcast. Now, I know that you're also pro-family and uh, we here at Fiat Ministry Network, we're all about family. Wondered if you could uh, expand on that with us. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, family, uh, there's a reason why the family is the nucleus of, of every strong society, um, you know, and the stronger the family, the, uh, the stronger the nation, the nation is built um, off the backs of the family. Um, and so I'm very pro family and specifically I'm pro life. Um, I believe all lives have value. Uh, how did I come to that? Um, you know, to that uh, awareness is by, again, um, understanding my own genesis. Uh, I am the byproduct of a rape. My mother was 11 years old when I was conceived and my father was 21 years old. And as I began to understand more and more about my own genesis, um, you know, uh, even even among conservatives, uh, you described your listeners as, as being, you know, uh, uh, people of faith. Yes. Um, um, but even among us, what I've discovered, uh, there's a growing trend that there are exceptions to the rule when it comes to abortion. And uh, my how I was conceived is one of those exceptions. And um, and I believe that, you know, for such a time as this, that I that I get that I'm running for Congress and um because and, and being able to share the message that my life has value, uh, how I was conceived does not diminish the value of my life. Uh, and from me has come uh, two of the most amazing kids, if I must say so myself, <laughs> oh. who are destined to positively impact this world. 
um, and all of that would have been severed, right? I mean, um, and so I'm, I'm very, I'm keenly aware of the timing of me, of, you know, God opening up this opportunity for me to run for Congress. I'm keenly aware of that uh, from, from a variety of fronts, you know, whether it's how I grew up, um, where I grew up, uh, you know, when you think about the, uh, the racial tensions that are going on all around us growing up in the very deep South and my experience uh, with racism um, and, 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 and everything that goes along with that. Um, I'm, very, um, I'm very aware of you know, the fact that I grew up below the bottom rung of the economic ladder and what it takes to be able to claw yourself from up under that, uh, you know, up under that despair and obstacles, uh, and 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 recognizing where we find ourselves, even from an economic perspective, uh, many people are going through a very difficult time right now, and on the precipice of losing everything. And I know how hard it, how hard someone has to work in order to be able to build a life for yourself and then to be looking at your livelihood, you know, something you may have invested years of yourself and building, um, you know, literally, uh, again, being on the precipice of losing everything. I understand that. And then also in the face of life uh, here in Montgomery County, uh, roughly 92% of those who have died as a result of COVID-19 has taken place in nursing homes. Um, and it is quite unnerving to see how very few people in leadership is actually talking about that. Um, you are hard yes. pressed to find anyone vexed about the, about the value of those souls, uh, not only trapped in nursing homes, but I believe uh, to some extent being targeted in nursing homes, uh, uh, especially when you begin to understand the mandate that Dr. Levine passed down to, uh, to force nursing homes and long-term care facilities to admit COVID-19 positive patients. Uh, it's it's kind of like putting the fox in the hen house. If COVID-19 has the propensity of exploiting people's vulnerabilities health-wise, the last place you would think you want to put those particular people or uh, COVID-19 positive patients would be in a, in a nursing home, a long-term care facility where people generally have uh, are more vulnerable health-wise than others. And so I understand, you know, my, my place here, not only as a Black person in the Black uh, community um, as it relates to abortions, but also at the end, at the other end of the spectrum, when it comes to the value of life at both ends um, um, of our society. So appreciated that you that we are discussing life because you know, as people of faith, it is such an important issue to us. You know, we are Catholics here. This is Fiat Ministry Network. It is a Catholic network. We invite everyone uh, to be viewers here on this network, and are so grateful. Uh, but that is a key issue for us as Catholics, uh, the pro-life, meaning that from conception all the way to natural death, that every single life is important to God. So I'm so grateful that you shared your own story and um, and, and the fact that your mom, uh, you were conceived and, and your mom chose life is uh, an amazing and wonderful thing. So it, it speaks so many volumes to see you here uh, and, and the good work that you're doing and the journey that you have been on. So well, we are very, very grateful to you for being here. Now, we're coming to about halfway through the show. We're going to be taking a break in a few minutes. But before we do that, I just want to explain to the viewers 
about a wonderful opportunity to grow in your faith. It's called Discover Your Mission, and it is a premium series through Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network, where you can go to patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry and learn how you can enrich your faith. So in just a couple minutes, we're going to see a, a, a commercial about this, and I would invite you to please check out the wonderful premium Catholic content where you can truly grow closer in your faith. So we're going to take that break now. So uh, Kathy, we'll see you and everyone in just a few minutes. Okay. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network present the Discover Your Mission series. St. Paul is saying, you know, I am the most frustrated with you right now, God. I cannot be any more frustrated with you. Okay, dude? Like, I am trying to overcome this sin in my life. I am trying to overcome this, and I'm getting nothing. I'm getting zero. I can't even share with you how I was so wrote in my faith. And I was attending this, but I was not present. And uh, I was a good man. I was a good father. I was instilling the sacraments into my family. But uh, I was definitely not intentional. I was stuck rope in my faith. But what kind of strength did he have? Jackie did not just have a strength of body or baseball skill. He had a strength inside of his spirit, a courageous meekness that empowered him to play the game. My husband comes home from work and I tell him what is going on with me and he's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, no, 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 I think this is like some sort of miracle, dude. And he's like, okay, you know, of course, but I'll believe it when I see it, honey. You've been trying to quit and you've been saying this and saying that. And I'm, a, you know, he, his big line to me is, you shouldn't say things <laughs> because I never follow through on them. And so this was week after week, month after month. He is looking at me like, this is a miracle. There is no way that you, on your own, could have done this. One example, when you're getting onto an airplane, but you haven't thought about your faith, and you haven't thought about confession. But flying is not something that you do often. So, okay, I guess this whole, uh, Hell thing possibly could have some truth to it. Um, I don't know if I buy into this whole thing, but um, I'm going to be intentional at this moment and I'm going to go to confession, not reconciliation, where penance and confession reconcile. But to that person who shares in imperfect contrition, it is truly just confession that they're doing because they're not reconciling. Hi, welcome back to Journeys in Faith on Fiat Ministry Network. Great to be here with Kathy Barnett. And in the first half of the show, she was talking about the fact that she, she is a candidate for Congress, but we were also talking very much about life, faith, mission, and also about some current events that are happening right now that affect all of us. So 
I thought we could go back to pro-family because you mentioned that uh, the pro-life mission is, is very important to you in all that you do. I wondered if someone who's watching or listening right now, if you might have some words of advice for them who are very concerned about um, pro-life and would like to see more of a respect for life all the way around from, from conception all the way until natural death. Yeah, I mean, a word of advice. Hmm, let me think. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, uh, you know, um, we have to start telling our stories. Uh, we have to start competing in the marketplace uh, for the heart and minds of people all around us. Uh, we should be very concerned about the value that is being placed on life, uh, period, whether in the womb or at any other stage. Um, of life. Uh, you know, some of the things we've seen uh, just by watching the news over the past couple of weeks with the, when, when, uh, with the rioting and the protesting, it's just, you know, just a senseless um, devaluing of life. I mean, I watched someone literally beat an older woman, a group of younger people just pounce upon an older white lady who was trying to protect her business from them running in and looting. Um, and they just beat her uh, mercilessly. Um, there's no value for life. Uh, we saw, um, you know, maybe just a week ago, uh, a former chief of police, 77-year-old David Doran, uh, in St. Louis, who was shot in the face uh, simply for standing outside of his friend's business, trying to prevent people from coming in and looting. Um, and, and not just the individual uh, who pulled the trigger, but look at the response of a nation. Uh, you know, no one, I didn't see anything um, um, on television. I didn't see anyone protest or weep publicly weep and mourn the life of the 77-year-old uh, former chief of police officer, David Doran. So it's not just the, the assailant themselves and whatever their background may be that led them to, you know, to be able to callously pull the trigger um, on, some, on, on someone so senior on an individual period, on another person right there, just take the gun out and shoot him in the face. I mean, who does that? Um, but I, but you know, it was, it was jarring to me to see the silence uh, of the nation uh, when it came to that life. Um, you know, so what do we do? What advice can I give someone is to begin to speak up. I mean, the reason why we're going through the things we're going through anyway as a nation, where, you know, you're being bullied into silence. Uh, you can't say things that may trigger someone, uh, even if it's very logical things, very factual things, very obvious, you know, to any bystander. You can't even make mention of those things anymore. And in essence, it's because those of us who know better have gone into retreat. Uh, we, we, we've stuck our head in the sand. Uh, we've adopted the same strategy. We're seeing some of these incompetent and feckless leaders throughout our nation um, as people are rioting and looting. I call it the stick your head in the sand strategy. I call it the cross your fingers and pray that this passes over quickly strategy. Uh, we were never built to be that way. Uh, you know, uh, we were built, especially those of us who, who say we are people of faith. We are called 
to be uh, a light on a hill. You can't be a light if you're cowering um, under a bushel, if you're cowering under a basket somewhere. But we were called to be a light on the hill. Um, and not too many of us are doing that. Not enough of us are doing that. We're cowering. Um, and at the time that uh, people need to hear truth the most, we're cowering. And I understand why we're cowering because it's going to cost us something now. We have been so silent for so long that now if you dare to stand and speak truth, it's going to cost you something in this culture, right? And if we weren't willing to take a stand when it was relatively easier for us to take a stand, it's, you know, it's going to take some extraordinary faith and courage and boldness to today decide to take a stand. It sure does. And as I brought it back last time again, being that we are people of faith here uh, on this network and people who are listening to what you're saying, uh, that it does take some courage. And I would also suggest it takes a lot of prayer too. Um, and that's another thing. I know that you are also for school choice. You, you told me that you yourself uh, homeschool your children. I will say I also homeschooled my two daughters. They're now in their 20s and successfully graduated from, my one daughter successfully graduated from college and the other one is in college. But uh, that is such an important issue too, I would say, especially those of us who uh, would like to either send our children to a private or Catholic school or homeschool. Wondered if you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, um, a, a quote that I actually have uh, in my office over the door of my office is a quote from Frederick Douglass where he says, uh, knowledge makes a man unfit to be a slave. And if you know the story of uh, Frederick Douglass, you know what he had to endure as a slave to uh, basically self-taught and, um, and how that led to his freedom. But knowledge makes a man unfit to be slave, not information, right? Because information is on our phone. Most people are carrying around an Android or an Apple phone right now that you can Google information, but knowledge is, is being taught how to, uh, how to apply what, how to apply that information, how to apply what you know. It's one thing to know something, it's something completely different to apply that properly. Um, and so, uh, and, and I mean, homeschooling has just been such a wonderful thing. And as you will attest to, if you want to do homeschooling right, it is all consuming. <laughs> homeschooling consumes yes. <laughs> almost every area of your life. It is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> You're right. Um, and you're right. yet, you know, there's so much room to grow. Uh, there is no such thing as a perfect homeschooler. Uh, but for me, it has been such a wonderful opportunity to be able to to spend the past six years with my children. Uh, and, it, you know, it was kind of comical, but also, you know, um, I don't know, a spotlight on on our culture and how we as a culture prioritize things, because when COVID hit, just about everyone became homeschooling parents. I mean, overnight. Pretty much everybody. <laughs> overnight, right? Yes. Um, and my children, uh, uh, who are the only homeschoolers in our community right here with their friends, um, you know, they would talk to their friends. I would talk to their friends, their friends' parents, and I would see they were very stressed out. And my children had no idea, like, why are people so stressed out? You get to stay home. Um, and I had to explain to my children, whereas it is normal for us to spend 14 to 16 awake hours together is not very common 
uh, for most people in America to spend that much time <laughs> with <Yes>. one another. <laughs> and, and it's an art, uh, you know, learning how to navigate around each other and, and changing personalities. I mean, because if most people get to spend three hours of time with their children where someone's not on the phone or, you know, on their video games or something, you're doing something in this country. So to go from three to four hours, maybe on a good day with your family to now 14 to 16 awake hours, that's a lot. Um, and so I, you know, so I, um, um, you know, so I, I had a lot of sympathy, empathy for my for my public school um, um, moms out there, moms and dads out there. Uh, but it's an art, and it's one that I am very grateful that God set my family and I on um, six years ago. Now I would never regret having spent that quality time with my children. I completely agree. It's been such a gift to me too, and I know that when I was in the heart of it. Uh, sometimes you get those doubts from people who are watching you and saying, how are you doing this? And, and why are you doing this? And, yes. <laughs> you know, can your children be successful? And, uh, you know, not to brag, right? But I mean, both of my girls had almost uh, 4.0s, uh, did so well in college. So uh, not to say that it's all about grades, right? Because it's about the process and, and what you what you retain and the type of person you are you know right character means so much right. and i know that you understand that too because you're homeschooling and those of us who homeschool know that it isn't just about the abcs and the one two threes right i mean it is about what type of a human being you are and how you live your life and make uh, yourself uh, available to others and to be a good citizen i know that you understand that yes most definitely and speaking of being a good citizen, I know you're a veteran. So I thought I would love for you to share with our listeners and our viewers about your experience there. Yeah, I, I, I loved every moment of it. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed my, my time in the military. Um, you know, it, it was just, I learned so much. Now, you know, I hear the stories of people who go into the military. Overwhelmingly, it is because of, you know, some altruistic motive, like, uh, you know, I'm following in the footsteps of my father's father's father, right? Uh, for me, it wasn't that at all. I needed a way to pay for college. Remember, I uh, grew up at the bottom rung, below the bottom rung of the ladder, and yet I felt strongly that I should go to college. And once in college, I realized I need, you know, I need a way to be able to pay for this. And the military was that option. And I remember as a very young girl getting ready to graduate from boot camp, I remember having the thought right before I graduated, like, wait a minute, I could, I could be called into war. Now, granted, I should have had that epiphany before I signed up for the military, but I remember, you know, walking on the military base and having that thought overtake me. And I remember saying to myself, uh, well, would you really go? I mean, people die. Uh, people lose um, parts of their body. I mean, would you really go and do that? And I remember, you know, I mean, really deliberating about it. Again, I should have deliberated about this before going into the military, but you know, you're 17, 18, 
who does a lot of deliberating at that point. Um, but I remember thinking to myself, yes, I would go. But in order for me to do that, I would need to start to learn what I could potentially be laying my life down for. And so from the age of 18 to now, uh, it started there on, um, on, on a military base um, a couple of weeks from graduating from boot camp that I began to start to, to research and to seek out what exactly uh, would I be laying my life down for. And it has culminated in an individual um, in me of really appreciating my nation, uh, really appreciating this country. Um, I fully understand the good, the bad, the really ugly aspects of this country and the opportunities. Um, and being able to have a balanced view of history, the history of America, and recognize, you know, um, you know who we were, uh, where we, where we've come from, uh, how we've pivoted um, uh, in this nation, and we are. I mean, it's just such an exceptional country that we are continuously on the path of improving ourselves. Generation after generation after generation, you see America leading the way for over 200 years, showing the rest of the world what, um, you know, coming together looks like, what, um, you know, um, improving ourselves, uh, correcting our wrongs, uh, what, what it looks like to continuously be on the path of uh, seeking out the better man. Uh, America has done that, and I mean, and and that is unique in the world stage, where you have countries that have been around much longer than we have, and they're basic, and they haven't changed that much <laughs> from where they were initially uh, when they were um, formed and where they are today. And yet, you see America, um, Americans, uh, you know. Uh, moving over some rugged territory in our history and continuing to move forward and continuing to look out for the other person. It's a wonderful thing. It is. And I gained thing. all of that. And all of that started with me being in the military. <laughs> yeah. What an experience. I have such respect for those who serve. And uh, I know that many of our uh, listeners and people who are watching too, uh, have such respect. And we thank you, Kathy, for your service to our country thank and those, you. and also those who are uh, with us here now. So, uh, and also I thought uh, you could talk about um, any other uh, sharings of faith with those who are people of faith here, because we are a faith community at Fiat Ministry Network who are concerned about uh, freedom. So anything that you would want to share in that realm, we would appreciate it because uh, I'm sure that a lot of us have concerns right now as we see this violence. We want to be able to go to church. We want to be able to uh, to praise God and be with other people in the community and 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 honor God together. Yeah, you know, I mean, we should be afraid. Mm. Uh, everyone should be feeling very uncomfortable right about now. I mean, like never before in U.S. history, we have seen what, uh, especially right here in our own backyard uh, uh, here in Pennsylvania, this um, authoritarian power grab. And I know Americans, you know, we love our liberties and we love to talk about our liberties and we love to talk about no one's going to come and take my liberties, right? Uh, you know, the Second Amendment is here to protect the First Amendment. And look at what has happened to our nation. Um, we have had some very progressive, socialist-minded 
uh, governors, for example, that have, um, you know, challenged that. Uh, they've said uh, just with, you know, edicts, not even passing laws, just kind of making it up and saying, you are not essential. Stay home. I forbid you to go out your home. Uh, up to um, uh, losing your business. I don't care. Sit at home. Um, we have seen these very authoritarian power grabs that have come and said, um, I don't care if you want to worship your God, sit at home. Uh, you know, there was one state that said, if you dare go to church and sit in your car, even we will send out the police to write down your license plate and we will report you to the health department and the health department will come and, you know, um, and monitor you, you know, penalize you in some fashion. And what did Americans do? What did people of faith do? We sat at home. We did as we were told. Uh, we should be very unnerved right now. No one should be feeling comfortable. Um, and if you are feeling comfortable, you need to either check your faith or you need to check your pulse because you might be dead. I don't know, either one, right? Because right now we should all feel uh, unnerved about what uh, what has been transpiring in a relatively short period of time. I often say to people that Democrats are doing uh, a lot of my job in campaigning for me. They're making the distinction very clear about uh, the differences between the parties, the differences between the candidates right now. Uh, you guys are learning a tremendous amount about me. Um, you, I mean, we should want people in office who understand the value of uh, our constitution and who have no problem standing up uh, uh, in the face of tyranny and calling it exactly what it is. Uh, we should want those voices uh, uh, in our leadership. And that is exactly why I'm running um, uh, for Congress. Uh, I decided it, you know, I'm doing all that I was doing before, although I was homeschooling my kids. I'm traveling back and forth up to New York multiple times a week, speaking to millions. I'm writing a book. I'm out speaking. And yet, um, you know, towards the beginning of December, I felt like um, I'm on the sidelines. I need to get off the sidelines. I need to get engaged. Um, you know, we're constantly sitting around looking for a leader, looking for someone to swoop in and save us from the madness of the radical left. And the thought hit me, the Edmund Burke quote, actually, um, see if I can remember it. Uh, the only thing that is necessary for evil to prevail is for good men and women to do nothing. Yes. Um, and evil is prevailing right now, or so it seems, right? Um, and the only way that evil wins is when good people decide to stick our head in the sand, to cross our fingers and toes and pray this passes over us quickly. We're in a battle. And if people do not recognize that they're in a battle, I mean, you, you seriously need to do some soul searching. Uh, we're in the battle of our times. Uh, the left is not playing with us. There's an element of our nation right now that is not playing with us. They are very serious about redefining this nation. Uh, this is not going to blow over that they so easily took away something that we all, um, you know, uh, feel is, um, is a duty, is an obligation to not forsake the assembly of ourselves as believers. And yet, 
they did it with very little um, impunity. Uh, and yet you can get an abortion uh, even during COVID-19. Uh, 777 Apple Tree, downtown Philadelphia. All they do is do abortions. Uh, they do not pretend to do mammograms or pass mares or offer any other kind of medical procedures. Uh, all they do um, is abortions and they were deemed essential, but church wasn't. Uh, weed dispensaries, uh, marijuana dispensaries all throughout our nation was deemed essential, but church wasn't. Uh, uh, state liquor stores uh, were deemed essential, but church wasn't. I mean, we really have to do some soul searching. Our leadership reflect the heart of the people. That's what the Bible says, right? Um, that our leadership reflects the heart of the people. And so we cannot blame our leadership solely. Uh, they are a reflection of the heart of the people. And so what exactly are we doing uh, to make sure that we get better leadership there to reflect who we say we are? That's right. I appreciate that you shared all that about freedom and about uh, religious freedom, too, because that is so important and a very important issue to people of faith, such as the people who are listening to this podcast are also watching it right now on Fiat Ministry Network. So you gave us some uh, wonderful things to think about. It is a scary time, but you did use the word hope. And I do think that there is so much hope. Tremendous and hope. Tremendous hope. We are a yes. land of opportunities still, uh, but we, but um, those opportunities will be fast dwindling if we do not get off the sidelines and make sure we have people who actually represent who we are. And I wish it was all about you showing up at the ballot box on November 3rd, but it's not. There's a road to, to November 3rd. Um, and you need to make sure that people who represent what you say you believe and um, and who reflect what you feel are viable and are, can make it to, uh, uh, to that ballot box on November 3rd. Um, but still, I mean, I'm doing this because I believe there is so much hope. I look at my babies and I see hope. Um, I mean, their eyes just light up. They, my son, he wants to do about 13 different professions when he grow up. I mean, he just, <laughs> he's full of um, opportunities, right? And I want to do my part in making sure that we preserve this nation uh, for the next generation specifically so that they can inherit an America so that the next little black boy and girl who need to uh, clawed themselves from up under a rock, like I did in Southern Alabama, that they have a nation that will not impede them from doing that, a nation that won't put up unnecessary obstacles uh, uh, for them to do that, a nation that, that quite frankly came alongside me um, and assisted me in being able to build my life. No, I'm not talking about welfare. Never, I never got welfare. Um, but yet our nation has done so much to right uh, her earlier wrongs. And so there are so many different things you can take advantage of if you uh, find yourself below the bottom rung of the economic ladder. And that says a lot about the heart of this nation uh, to not want to leave people behind, but there are avenues. There's still work to be done in this country, right? We're not all equal. There are disparities all across this land um, and we can have intelligent conversations about that. Um, and that is the type of level-headed leadership I think we need in Washington, D.C. 
And I also thank you that we've had an intelligent conversation <laughs> together with our community here on Fiat Ministry Network, because I know that you are, are a person of faith and you do care so much about uh, people and families and their best interests, not your own. And I know you have made that very clear that you care about um, our country so much and the people that live in it. So uh, I invite people again to check out your website at kathybarnett.com. And you also have the other one that they can look at, which is kathybarnettforcongress.com. And as I mentioned at the beginning of this uh, interview is that she is an author, a candidate for Congress. She is also seen on Fox News and an adjunct professor. I wondered if you had any closing thoughts. We're coming close to the end of the show and I have another message that I need to tell the viewers, but wondered if you had any other additional thoughts before we end. I mean, you know, we've talked about a lot, but let me just uh, say, uh, be encouraged. Uh, we have, I have, I've spoken to so many amazing people. What we see on mainstream media is not reflective of the, of, of the heart of this nation. And it is not reflective of the overwhelming majority of the people in this nation. Uh, so remain encouraged, be encouraged, uh, but know that it is time to get off the sidelines and to engage like never before. That's right. Thank you so much, Kathy. Thank, Thank you, for you for being having here. Me. And also please connect with her on social media at Kathy Barnett. And for those who are listening on a podcast, remember that there's two T's, Kathy with a K, B-A-R-N-E-T-T-E. -T -T -E. I'll spell it for those that are listening instead of watching. And also now, right when this show ends, uh, there will be an opportunity later on uh, for people to go to the Patreon site and watch a video called Five Minutes of Faith. And this is a, a subscription service. And there will be a video available where, where Kathy and I will talk about one or two tips that as you are getting out of this pandemic, that you can move forward in faith. But you need to go to that Patreon site. Won't be available right away, but uh, give us a little bit of time. It'll be up on the site there. Five Minutes of Faith at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry. So we will have to end the show, Kathy. Thank you so much for being a guest here on Journeys in Faith. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you. God bless.